0: is that other sports show. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, we have potentially witnessed... The greatest couple, of three weeks mm. of NFL football that anyone has ever witnessed. And we are here today, right now. This second. This second to bring you every single moment as witnessed by J and I. Folks, welcome to that other sports show. It is uh, Monday. I don't know what day it is. I think it's the thirty-first. Yeah, almost it's the
1: last day of January. We, you know, are, we have four shows for the month of
0: January. We're killing How our number. Uh, How about at, that? I'm telling you, we're breaking thirty-two shows. It's it's easily done this year. Been real. We're almost in month two of year twenty twenty-two, folks. Shit is getting real. The Super Bowl winner or the super bowl teams mm-hmm. are there with their in place. The two quarterbacks we will talk about them. The two teams will t- we'll talk about them. And yes, we will even talk and touch on the coaches because man, this is the first time in like I can't remember what the stat line was, something like 10 years or something that a Super Bowl has been played without a Brady, a Manning, a Patriots or a Broncos. Some sort of shit like that.
1: Yeah, I think it was, I think it's like 15 years or 14 years. The, the number I heard, it was a Brady, a Manning, the Steelers, or the 49ers. It was some weird,
0: how fucking, crazy is that fucking to think weird. about in a, day, <laughs> in a day where if you think back, all anybody has talked about for the last 10 years really has been Tom Brady, the New England Patriots, and the dynasty over there in Foxborough, Massachusetts. But in reality, he is just a small part of that story. You got Brady, you got Manning, both Mannings, by the way. Then you bring in old Big Ben before he got mm-hmm. old, and he was actually worth shit on the field, winning his Super Bowls.
1: Young it's Big insane
0: Ben. Insane to think that now we could be possibly starting over with Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford
1: and Patrick. Well, hold on, but we got we we got to talk about the quarterback losers too because we gotta to touch on <laughs> Joey G and we gotta to touch on uh, Mahomes
0: Jimmy G and Patrick Mahomey He's my homie he's Patrick Mahomey. I mean we're gonna talk about Patrick too but first yes. we have fights yes Let's we get him get out of the way deep, Let's
1: get him out of the way we
0: gotta just bust these and kick him out like fucking SWAT through a fucking drug house door bam we're going in
1: can i follow you can you because you kick the door down so i could be behind you're the
0: muscle as always and i'm just behind. i'll be there. the shield man you just follow me through it's all can okay.
1: you be the rock and i can be kevin hart in this yes
0: that works yes did that work Love this that worked great, except you're a lot funnier than I am. I'm gonna hug you right there right now. You're a lot funnier than I am. I was uh, really
1: hoping you were gonna say that I'm funnier than Kevin Hart, but I mean it's okay.
0: The door was there. The well, if, I I, there. I didn't mean to shut that door. Let's okay. not shut that door right now. But let's move into. You're not gonna
1: open that forbidden Eagle door. Eagle
0: FC 44. Khabib's yes. thing. Jay, I need you to answer this for me though. Yes. I, I know about Eagle FC. I've heard yes. about it prior. When did this become Khabib's organization?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Sometime after 40, because I didn't know that they did 40 of these fucking events. Um, I'm not sure how the whole breakdown or or where it figuratively, figuratively happens. I do know this. This is Khabib's thing. It's all around him. It's got an incredible gimmick and shout out to whoever puts this on, uh, the people that put this on, because it was a great presentation. They brought in the right people that were all put in the right spots. Visually, it was great. It had a, a real, and I know this has been said online, it had a real almost like a throwback strike force type of look, which I liked. I loved. Um, but Kabib, it's like it's weird because after every fight, the same way that fighters go and shout out like Dana or whoever, whoever, they were shouting out Khabib. They're like, Yeah, and also. <laughs> Thanks Khabib and it's like do we got to do this with every fighter but um Rush, yes I don't want to
0: spend a bitch, ton of time. dude you don't want to piss those guys off
1: you don't want to piss off Khabib either, there especially if he can catch you in 4k brother but here's the thing I, I don't want to spend a ton of uh, time on the fights right because this is a really simple card to break up. there's only down.
0: two fights there was really only two fights we are talking about
1: but the fights prior to that it was much like how AEW and here's our wrestling segment how they have their television show dark on YouTube where they go, we're going to take our greener wrestlers that come from the wrestling school that is basically under the AEW banner, right? Which just happens to be, I believe it's Cody Rhodes school. He's tied to the school. Um, and we're gonna put them on the show, and we're gonna make sure when they're ready to go to the next level, they'll be on TNT or TBS, you know, when the time's right. So I think this is what Khabib's kind of doing with Eagle FC. You see a lot of the the names that I've had difficulty pronouncing since we've come back and done this podcast. A lot of the Moregynovs and the Sharpeyberovs. And just the guys, they all look like they roll with Khabib's crew. And uh, they're all just dangerous motherfuckers that can grapple. So that was basically the first five or six fights between the prelims and then the actual card. And then you get to the co-main
0: event, Jess. Yes, the co-main event. Uh, Sergey, I'm so fucking old, but I'm yes. still one of the scariest motherfuckers alive. Yeah, Karatanov.
1: He's fought in every organization
0: ever. Like literally every organization.
1: Can I tell you how long Sergey's been
0: fighting? Please do. Because I'm sure his career stretches at least two decades. Shout out Chris
1: W. Powers. In 2001 or 2002, when Chris W. Powers and I were still writing on websites, people were still writing articles, I guess in the early... We were doing prediction posts on MMA fights and we were doing Sergey fights for pride in 2001, 2002. It's a long ass time. Like I that's said, over, over two
0: decades. That's, that's crazy. 20 years ago. That's unreal. And he, the thing is, he looked like he was 55 back then. <laughs> he looked like he had been in a few fights back then, is what you Goodness saying. gracious, that man. Uh, he actually put on a pretty good show. Tyron uh, Spong. This was uh, the
1: traditional uh, K1 type fighter versus a a true mixed martial artist. Yes, it Bong, was one of those, Bong right?
0: has a uh, a world class resume as a uh, K1 kickboxer. Um, very decorated. Very decorated. Sergey is uh, in his own right a very decorated resume of his own in the world of mixed martial arts. He's been he's beaten and fought the best of the best, pretty much the entire time he's been around. Um, this fight came down to what I, I looked at as Sergei didn't want to stand and bang and get knocked out by a K1 guy. Nope He got the, he got the takedown, he wore Spong out on the ground, and he eventually pounded out a TKO uh, victory, which I think is super cool because uh, a, there's, not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of ground and pound anymore in MMA you you watch it certain guys maybe have some but I feel like that's everybody's too
1: well-rounded everyone everyone's too is. well-rounded I just need a old school here's a striker versus here's a grappler I just need you to scale it back
0: and that's what Sergei gave us I mean if you watch the fight he did what he had that's to do that's what Tyrone gave us as well or that's what yeah Ty- Tyrone gave us that as well he gave us the opposite end of that spectrum the spectrum where he was getting his face punched in by a very large man from Eastern Europe uh, or Western Europe, sir. Sorry. Um, Sergey did everything he had to do. It was super classic to watch him come out and fight the way that he did. Uh, he obviously looks like he's basically been, like, bar hopping somewhere, you know, for the last, like, three months. But you know what? The He's a the real, guys,
1: he's just real so, MMA fighter.
0: He's just so damn tough, and you can't take that away from guys. Those old school dudes, the Karatanovs, the, the Crow cops those those guys, guys have been fighting for 20 years. Those guys, they just they're just tough, man. They've done everything. They've fought in every everybody. They've defended every against every style of of combat sports. It's just really hard to compete. And Spong's always been a uh, relatively slow starter as far as his MMA career. Uh, and he looked to get on board quick with the kicks and the strikes, which uh Karitanov obviously wasn't going to allow him to do. Uh, I loved it, man. Uh, it, was, it was a great co-main event. Hey, hey, Jess, great speaking, speaking, in nostalgia.
1: Speaking of uh, guys that we've been watching fight for 20 years, uh, the other fight was Rashad Evans.
0: Oh, yes.
1: I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about the fights here, and I feel like we've spent too much time on it already. We as didn't. much as I want to talk fault. about nah, – No, nah, we're good. <laughs> it's it, Hey, listen, you got takes. You got to get them out. Um, is because this fight was boring, and honestly, the sprung fight wasn't great it was it was a bit of a mismatch, like you said, Jess, it was basically a grappler able to outgrapple a world a class striker. Yes, this was um Rashad Evans fighting a dude that I don't know if he was just you do not want to call it a mismatch or, or it just felt like a really weird, slow uninteresting fight but it was cool to see Rashad get his hand raised and, and it had some intrigue but not like oh this is an interesting fight intrigue as much as it's like is Rashad going to lose this fight intrigue and and I don't know I don't know if that's great but I mean you know MMA is MMA um, again just I want to focus on presentation amazing With a chill, fantastic in the booth Um uh, Usman hopped in high energy. Usman reminds me a lot of DC when they started sticking DC in the booth year one, and he was going to like different, uh, different events. And, and you were like, man, when he's polished, he's going to be great. Uh, triple C I thought was great. Triple C hops in and out of the gimmick when he's out of the gimmick and he's just doing play by play and he's doing coaching strategy shit. He's great. When he's hopping back into the gimmick, well, then I mean, you know, it can get a little cringy. And,
0: uh, did did br- uh, did Triple C give you a little bit of a feel of a Dominic Cruz in the booth? <clears throat> no, <clears throat> to me, not no. When he, for me personally, when he was going into training and coaching, looking at the play by play, declaring like this is what I would do right here. Yeah, oh, look, he that's did a it. good call. Okay, I, I like that. I, I, I enjoyed that aspect of, much like I enjoy uh, hearing Dominic.
1: He's doing something more like Cruz, and you don't get that out of Bisping, and you don't get that out of D.C., because they each have their own different styles. Um, Cruz is – and I used to think Florian was great at this, too, where Florian could really break shit down. And at a technical level, sometimes you can you can lose viewers, right? But, I mean, That's if true. you know what you're watching, they are right? if you're not dumbing people. it down and you're like, oh, okay, and I, I see what he's seeing, um, it's it's cool. Um, I love what they did. I will continue to watch Eagle FC as long as it's free. I don't know what I signed up for. I have no idea what Russian um, shit is going on on my computer now. Cause this is some weird Russian site I've never seen, but um, I'm all in and I'll keep watching. So shout out to anytime we have an alternative, I'm going to keep watching. I hope this isn't just a feeder system for the contender series. It probably is right. Realistically, Maybe these guys end up in Bellator. Who knows? But but anytime you give me free fights on a Friday night, I'll, I'll tune in. And keep these guys in the booth because they're fun.
0: Yeah. And uh, speaking of giving shout-outs to Khabib and, and then uh, to, you know, uh, Western Europe and Russia and all these. Hey, thank you, Russia. You Russia has just been reached by that other sports show. Whoa. Somebody. 100%. They either hurt us and they're plotting our death or they listen to the show and they like that we we basically blow Khabib and some of these other guys all the time. Maybe they like that part. Do
1: but somebody out there, somebody out there. There's one person in Russia. Yeah, one person in Russia. in Russia. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. Please follow at Team Toss 21. And we'll immediately shout you out. I promise.
0: Every single Shout time. out
1: all of our international listeners. You've always had a really great
0: international. We've got 13 case. countries under our belt right now.
1: Oh, listen. Let's, can we be like our boy? Um, remember, God, it's time to bring this up. Um, <laughs> old podcast uh, revisit here. Uh, what was it again? The uh, Nine Inning Know-It-All? What was he? He was the top podcast baseball related. Oh, yeah. In,
0: Nine Inning Know-It-All.
1: What was it in? It was Iran, right? Or was it Turkey?
0: Uh, I believe it was Iran.
1: The hottest baseball podcast <laughs> in Iran. Hell yes. Fucking nine and know know-it-all. We're working on getting there. If we can have the top mixed sports bag in Iran, in Russia. Hey, we love all y'all. You know what I'm saying? We really we, do love all y'all. We Thank appreciate you for all listening. Listens. Um so and there is of a, you
0: are so scary I'm never going to talk shit about you so. and now I'm
1: worried maybe me getting this uh, flex thing on my television and on my phone maybe they just infiltrated my shit and they were like oh this dude <laughs> does podcasts I'm bored let me listen to him uh, and if you're that dude shout out to you too
0: <laughs> thank you good sir <laughs> thank, thank you for
1: listening thank you for spying on my software as well as <laughs> hitting that listen button of course <laughs> Um, All right, so there's the UFC this week. Uh, There's a lot of names that I don't know. I told Jesse I'm going to be transparent on this show. There's a lot of names here. I don't know. There's a great matchup between um, two fighters with one loss in between them. I believe that's the co-main. That'll be cool. There's a lot of uh, the younger type dudes on this card. But there is a Sean Strickland versus it's Jack Hermanson, right? Yeah. that fight's kind of a fucking banger, Jess. Any any random thoughts on this card, on this fight that you got?
0: I don't want to talk shit on Sean Strickland no more, man. No, like, no. I, I, last fight I had. We don't I, do that here. I threw Sean straight under the bus, and he came out on top and had had himself a big win. And we've always stated when Sean Strickland fights that he's a tough guy, right? Like, he's Mm -hmm. tough. He's, you know, he's an all-out, balls-out type guy. We love that with with our fighters. You know, go out there and just leave it all in the cage. Um, It doesn't always end in a W, but it, it, you know, it welcomes you into somebody's heart after the fight. Yes. Uh, But Sean's really – I use Refine loosely – because he's still mostly the same Sean, but he's refined some aspects of his game, stand it I, up a little bit. And when you evolve, even in the slightest, I think it's a win. And he's he's moved that win into actual physical wins. And I think him and Hermanson are going to be a banger fight. Copy what you just said. I believe that it's it's just meant for fireworks. I can't wait to yeah. I can't wait to at least watch the highlights.
1: Yeah, because you're not going to watch the full fight, right? <laughs> Even though you have ESPN+. Plus. Um, this is a fun fight. The, the The problem right now with Hermanson is he's trading wins and losses. Uh, beat Jacare. Lost to Kananier. Beat Kevin Gastelum. Submitted him. Lost to Marvin Vittori. Beat Edward Shabazian. So he's mixing the wins and losses in there. And that Shabazian fight was actually really good and fun. So this... Um, this is a good fight on paper. This is a fucking banger. Um, I'm gonna lean Strickland just because I'm about the trending up versus trending yeah, down. I and uh, if Hermanson trades wins and losses, and his last fight was a win, it, I mean, listen, I'm not a scientist, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go L here. Um, you know, our boy Sam is fighting on this card too. Shout out Sam Alvey, another old friend of the show. He's fighting Phil Hawes. There's some fun fights on here, but outside of this uh, strickland Hermanson fight, I mean, I'll watch the fights. Um, The fight I was discussing, the one loss between the two guys, is uh, Punaheli Soriano versus, and this is another name I'm going to butcher because I'm drinking fucking bangs, Nick Maximov. I think I nailed that. Get it. That's going to be a fun fucking fight, too. They got some bangers on here. Jess, I believe we've hit all of our all of our MMA because I'm going Strickland. I got, I like Strickland as well. I think Strickland stops, uh, Hermanson sometime in the second or third round because, because Strickland's a grinder, so he'll he'll find a way to start grinding this fight out and he'll, he'll get a stop here. This is a five rounder too. Yeah, this ain't going five rounds.
0: No, that's not going five rounds. Her, Hermanson will get stopped somewhere uh, <laughs> in the third or fourth. Strickland will go for it towards the end of the fight. Like he, he he's got a. He's not a slow starter by any means, but damn, that boy's motor picks up in the third—you know—in those late in the championship rounds, so to speak, picks up heavy. So expect—I'm expecting a finish.
1: He fights violently. Both these dudes fight violently.
0: Yes, big, heavy hands from from these from this weight class. Heavy. Yeah,
1: yeah. These these guys aren't just throwing jabs. They're not. They're not pawing at each other. These guys are looking to fuck each other up. Um, is it football time? Did we make it? (laughs) We did.
0: It's time Uh, to talk. I love it. Uh, Where do we
1: start? Do we do so? Let's go. Let's go game one. Uh, game one was the Chiefs, Chiefs the Cincinnati Bengals. You and I, uh, both picked the Chiefs. We liked the Chiefs to cover as well, I think. Right? I think we, I think we both thought this would end up being like a seven or a 10 point game.
0: Canada. yeah 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 yeah. i believe the initial spread was two and a half which was crazy with the no Chiefs. it
1: hot ha- no this was a four and a half right this was the it, big spread this was no, the four and a half was it two
0: and a half i believe the initial spread was small and then grew larger much like we had talked about in last week's show we figured that the the spread would get bigger as as the week went on
1: yeah see so, because the money started coming out of the Chiefs. so yeah. uh um, i mean this Jess, this is a this is a tale of two halves, really, right? I mean, when you really want to get down to the brass tacks, this was incredible, Mahomes, that just was doing everything right. All the checkdowns were there, and not only were the checkdowns there, but the guys were breaking tackles, um, and the Bengals just could not stay on the fucking field. It was just an it, it just felt like it was going to get messy quickly. Uh, and then the second half. I mean, it's been well documented now. The Bengals just started dropping every single person in the, into the coverage. Uh, they literally were playing uh, more than a dime. Right? They were playing a dime plus one. <laughs> it was and
0: uh it was a big package play. In the back. And
1: and and it got really weird for Mahomes. I don't know if his confidence just left him. I don't know if he was just so confused by. The adjustment, which you think he wouldn't be, right? Like, I want to give him the credit that he wouldn't be. But um, the defense adjusted, and he just didn't. And he started turning the and he turned the ball over. And, uh, I mean, I don't want to make this about, hey, this isn't about the Bengals. But to me, this is really more about Mahomes. Uh, jump in here and give me some thoughts.
0: Uh, Tail of two halves. <laughs> Jump on that thought process. Definitely tail two halves. Uh, the Chiefs, when they first got the ball, uh, they they scored on their first three drives. Uh, last drive before the half, this this is the play that I truly truly believe changed the course of this game and so wild the wild momentum. Sure. Andy Reid going for it, instead of kicking the three points and, and taking that twenty four to three halftime lead instead of twenty one to three halftime lead. That changes everything. You look at the scores as they progress. Even if the Bengals score exactly what the Bengals score and in the, in the Chiefs score what they score in the second half, the Chiefs would still come up on top and win this game and be going to yet another Super Bowl if Andy Reid kicks that field goal and just simply takes the points that were given. Instead, he got cute. He got a little egotistic, maybe. Little, I think that's true. Little head honcho. I'm Andy fucking Reed. I got chicken wings on the fucking sideline. Hey. Over this shit. is this is this, is
1: this is not the Andy Reed from last year's Super Bowl where he had a lot of things going on off the field, and
0: then no, know. now he's but, got now, things so. things keep track of.
1: Let me ask you this: so when it comes to Mahomes here, and I agree with you. Does it fall on Andy Reid going, "Hey Mahomes, we should kick. The- what do you think? We kick- we kick the field goal here. We play it safe." Um, and Mahomes just goes, "No, nah, we 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 go for gusto here. We go for it. We go for the kill here." And, and then Reid goes, "All right, I like that." And then they go for the kill. It doesn't happen. I, I think that's a, I think that's okay. I, I mean, isn't that the thought process? I mean, is that that's got to be the discussion on the sidelines? When they're going, okay. all right, where, they, where were they? They were inside the 20, right? They were inside the, they yes. were inside the red zone.
0: Inside and the they had a few cracks at shot, it. Chip shot field goal for Harrison Bucker, who has proven time and time again to be one of the most steadfast kickers in the league.
1: Yeah, it, it, he, I, just think they, I just think they're on the sideline and they go, hey, we're, put, we're putting the onus on Mahomes here. And, and Mahomes goes, I think we can make this happen. It doesn't happen for whatever reason, probably because that's when they start to drop eight.
0: So and here's uh, what I'm thinking. Last week, Chiefs Bills, Josh Allen fourth and thirteen. They need points. Josh Allen says, "I got this. I got this, Coach." And he puts a fucking six points on the board, right, in Arrowhead. Now nah, I'm just kidding, guys. I mean no, that happened, but, but, that's I, not think what not, but I think, think what I you're saying is right. Well, what's really happening is is. When you're the head coach, you have total control of everything that happens on the field. And I firmly believe that Andy Reid has all the faith in the world in Patrick Mahomes to That's be able to do amazing shot. things. But your not only job, that, not, but,
1: but not only that, Jess, the Bengals couldn't stop a fucking nosebleed. They couldn't get a goddamn putt out of him for the whole Your half.
0: job is to, one way or the other, as the head coach, step on the necks of your opponents when they are down. If you get the points... If they score that six, that's great. Game's basically over. That's it. But if you put up three, the game is still – like, It doesn't feel as over, but it feels it feels a lot more over. And, again, it changes the total aspect because, remember, if they put three up, okay, run this through real quick. They put up three. They're up 24-10. Or 24-10, excuse me. They also get the ball in the second half. If they score on that drive, now they're up 31-10. And it changes the outcome of of everything. Every Bengals play that was ran in the second half is different now. There is no more run game. There is no more Joe Mixon. There's probably a lot less little shovel passes, a lot less little five yard outs. There's more there's more impatient plays because now you're panicking. Oh yeah. You need to get down the field and score. If you're up there as well,
1: if you're up there as well, you're probably a lot more comfortable running the ball and running the clock out and And doing a little bit and just you, the, the create what you're looking at. Playbook wise is completely different because you're more trying to run the clock out and just seal the fuck game at that
0: point. So your your, your question originally was, who is this on the shoulders? If I was to put the blame and I'm not going to put it on Patrick's shoulders, this this is a head coaching situation. This is a head coach's job. He makes a lot of money and he's won a Super Bowl. He's been to a few Super Bowls. He's been in the big games. He should know that you just take the points when the points are there. You <laughs> the
1: may games.
0: not get another chance to get those points back.
1: I can't believe Yeah, I just, I, I agree with you. And I think that when we look back at this game or when the NFL films is putting this, you know, the AFC and the NFC tape together, you got to circle this moment. And go, all right, they didn't score anything right here. They were unstoppable. And for whatever reason, you can argue, well, they stopped themselves. Um, they put up no points. And from the Bengals' perspective, well, now you're going into halftime and it isn't 24 to 10 or 28 to 10. Uh, yeah, it's it's ear down 11. And down eleven to me feels a lot more achievable than down eighteen or fifteen or whatever. I, I just I just think and maybe the talk in the locker room isn't different, but but I think everything is different. The play calling proceeds the score on the game and the end flow of the game and the flow was just different at that point. Yeah, it was 10, uh it was 10 21 going into halftime. And then the Bengals score uh the the touchdown, the two point conversion, the field goal. Um, Anti-game. and then I was, and then, and then, uh, I don't give a fuck. I was singing out loud to my buddy, um, this entire stadium, as well as mid homes, their buttholes puckering up. And now mid homes is back. And I've been waiting to say this. Uh, shout out to my <laughs> boy Brian, be black, B- black, uh, five five nine on Twitter. This fucking guy, and of course, let's call it, he's a Vegas Raiders fan he's been saying mid has been peeking out all year. He's been hiding himself with a rouge and we've been saying, Oh, well, he's not mid He's just not putting up the same numbers, but he's winning games. And look, look what he's done in the playoffs against these defenses, even though he didn't do it in the regular season, he did it in the playoffs. Dude, mid was back. That That guy could not figure it out in the second half. And again, everybody watching that game, every Twitter armchair defensive coordinator has watching and going, "Yeah, man, they're just dropping the whole defense now. They're just playing a dime plus one, and Mid just has to find the guys that are crossing routes. Mid has to find that matchup. He has to find. He has to make the throws that we know he can make, and he just couldn't make them."
0: And another shout out real quick to the Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator and yep. defense on the field. Because in the second half, when they made that change and they were like, fuck, man, we are dropping everybody back. We're rushing three. They were rushing three guys with a linebacker spying on Mahomes. The spies, but they would switch. Off, they would switch. If it wasn't a linebacker, it was a defensive back. They would that, they would camouflage it so Mahomes couldn't just lock in on one The guy. spy played amazing, whichever wouldn't. One- <laughs> They went, whether it was the corner, the safety, or the linebacker playing the spy position. They played Mahomes perfect. Hubbard is a huge giant man, and he spied Mahomes and ended up getting one of the bigger sacks down there in the fourth quarter. Uh, Actually, I believe that's the one that he caused Mahomes to fumble that Kansas City ended up getting the ball back. But uh, the defense was rushing three primarily and getting pressure.
1: Just enough. Just enough.
0: Like enough just to make enough. Him comfortable in the pocket. Scramble out. There were times
1: though where we I started getting the weird Mahomes again, where he was doing the the one eighties and the
0: pirouettes and the just G- the next, the next ba- you know, breaking in and half, looking every which direction. The ball's hanging way out. There were so many times when I was like, "Damn, he, the way he's running with the ball, he's going to just drop it." What is he doing?
1: What is he doing? Just, what is he doing?
0: Is absolutely. Phenomenal job by the Cincinnati Bengals uh, defensive coordinator for just calling,
1: as them. well as the defense, because they it, had to
0: make the fucking plays. They had to, they it, had to be out the there. Yeah, of course. The Do you remember? The
1: d- there's a play there at the last, it's in the last minute or last 30 seconds, and this fucking defensive end, and I wish I knew his name. He chases fucking Mahomes one side of the f- one side of the field, and Mahomes does the pirouette, and this fucking guy chases him all the way to the other side of the field. This guy literally tried to run step for step with Mahomes. Probably ended up running fucking 30 yards on one play. And uh, the guy just hits the sidelines and goes, yeah, I'm good for a play. I got to fucking take a fucking gut. I, <laughs> I know it's, the, I know it's the most important drive of the fuck game right now. The best but part I really is- need, I need oxygen. This fucking guy is fast, and I
0: just need a moment. Mahomes runs 50 yards backfield, <laughs> two yards upfield. He literally gained two yards on that play chased down by a, a, I believe it was the left end. It, it was absolutely phenomenal. And yeah, I remember the guy got up hands on hips immediately. He kind of had dying. His, he he kind of had him dying. Back, bent backwards. He was kind of like his head was hanging. He's like, damn, I'm done. This I'm guy is,
1: is this guy is breathing in all the oxygen in that stadium. He's smelling barbecue. All, all he's, he's smelling barbecue and fucking death is all he smells at that moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh mid holmes showed up in the second half. And <laughs>
1: where where are Jesse, where are the sideline routes? Where are your cutting guys gonna box out and hit a sideline? Okay, so if they're gonna take the crossing routes away, that's cool. Then hit the sideline. Where's your three and out? Where your, where where are your five steps to shoot to the sidelines? Where are any of these? Where are Travis,
0: what where, the fuck Travis, are can, what where Travis, are L- the where are L- the adjustments? Ultimate blanket. For any quarterback, if I was quarterback, Kelsey would get me at least 100 yards <laughs> in the game because he will catch everything towards him. And Kelsey was nowhere to be found basically the entire second half of that game. And Mahomes tried looking for everybody, and it was just strange because it was almost like they had already booked their ticket to L.A. I I hate to say it like that, but it just it, – it please – but, you, I, think, agree, but I, think, right? I think
1: you can make that argument.
0: It had the feel like they had already booked their plane ride. The hotels were there. You know, the don't, I don't, I don't see it like they're playing safe.
1: I don't see it like they were playing safe, Jess. Not playing safe. I just think that, that a dude – again, credit to the Bengals here because we're spending all this time talking about Mahomes, but credit to the Bengals. They made the adjustments, and also they made the adjustments on offense – because they were finally able to keep Midhomes off the field for a moment. They were actually able to get the ball to Jamar Chase. They were actually able to go, okay, if you're going to take uh, Chase away from us, then we're going to spread this ball around. Um, there was an incredible screen pass, I believe, to Mixon at some point. And then at some point in that overtime, Mixon just went, I'm a man. And I'm just going to start fucking running <laughs> this ball
0: extremely, extremely down
1: tough. your throat and none of you motherfuckers are gonna be able to stop me. And that's that's literally what happened in overtime once they got that turnover. Yeah. And the and any old school football guy, your fucking high school and middle school football tackle coaches are dick hard going, yes, run the ball between those tackles. Let's just go fundamental fucking football here. We don't need exotic plays right now. We don't need trips. We don't need to spread them out. We're just going to line up and we're going to fucking run. And it worked.
0: Which is really funny because Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, we seem to want to lump like quote unquote young coaches into this new (laughs) coaching genre of, you know, the Kyle Shanahan's, and, uh, you know, that type of like where they run all the weird, crazy, exotic plays. Zach Taylor is definitely more old school of a, of a head coach, the way he runs the ball. And he's got workhorses. He's got the he's got the, the bell cow in the backfield. He can do that. And when you when Joe Burrow kicked into that next gear, it just gave more openings in the middle of that defensive line for mixing the run through. And he took every yard he could. And trust me, if you watch that game, Mixon worked his ass off for every guard. He had
1: to. He had to. But
0: Incredibly. in the end, we had to crown a winner. The AFC Championship goes to the Cincinnati Bengals. The head coach, Jack Taylor, did a tremendous job. The defensive uh, uh, coach did a great job. Offensive of staff did a great job. And the players on the field deserved it. Uh, we, we give, we're going to give credit to another special wide receiver in the next game. But I just want to say that Jamar Chase is something – of a different I've type of beast.
1: To say, I've been trying to say this. All a
0: different just... type of animal. Uh, Jay likes to refer to him as like the next big thing. He's he's taken uh, what do you D'Andre think? D'Andre Hopkins', Hopkins got... place in the elite. And after watching the things that he can do and how hard he plays, he's a, such a young guy, right? He's a rookie. Mm-hmm. You would think that sometimes rookies tend to take plays off or they get frustrated easily in a game. Jamar Chase was shut down basically for a half of football, came back and still just plugged, plugged, plugged away. And every catch he caught or every pass he caught, he he fought for the yak yards and he was pushing dudes over and just fighting for more yards. And he is, he's an elite wide receiver in this league. And I'm looking forward to seeing Burrow pass to him for the next 10 years, hopefully.
1: Jess, what do we do um, when that guy puts on a little bit more muscle, God. and uh, <laughs> and really learns like if he becomes like an Antonio Brown type route runner? That
0: would you be, you know easy. what I'm
1: saying? Like it's he's already
0: it's, got the hands. He's got the hands. He's, he's got, got the, speed. He's,
1: got the speed. he's not. He's not easy to take down already as even,
0: is. Who's, proper route running right now because he's so fast he just puts the wheels on and goes past people. If he can get to that stage where he's in the offseason just running those tree routes. Yeah, he's that guy though. That's gonna be, he's gonna be more than special. He's that guy.
1: I'm telling you Jess he's he's elite. Um what do we say about Burrow that everybody else isn't gonna isn't saying everyone's blowing him
0: right no, now. He's the guy he's right? the coolest motherfucking quarterback in the league right now.
1: He's cooler than Josh Allen.
0: He's cool. does Josh Allen wear a fur coat with little yeah. heart symbols? No, he doesn't.
1: Josh Allen that, doesn't. That the- Josh Allen doesn't have the swag.
0: Josh Allen wears hoodies, which I appreciate because I a- Allen.
1: Josh Allen is a, he's a country boy. He's a you know what I'm saying? Fireball. He's a country boy throwing through. That's through. that's that country boy shit. He ain't, so, wearing,
0: he ain't wearing that Joe Cool shit.
1: <laughs> he's not wearing a big fucking gold chain and the fucking vanilla ice swag sunglasses. Like he just he wasn't doing it like I mean, what
0: quarterback though, seriously. What quarterback does that? What quarterback shows up like that outside of a guy named Ryan Fitzpatrick? Okay, I man, you he all, you, Errol, you show up the to the AFC, the defending AFC champions, home, and you just look like I don't give a fuck about this place. I'm coming here to beat y'all, and that's yes, it. Yes,
1: you hear it all the time, right? Like you, we want our quarterbacks to be smart and high football IQs and athletic, but you want them to have a little bit of swag, right? Just a little, lo- just enough, right? Just it's enough for the position. And I'm telling you what, this fucking kid, he he camouflaged it and uh, he wasn't like Baker Mayfield. Like, look at me, look at my TikTok videos or my whatever that he was putting these videos on. I could dance. I can hang out with the boys. I got a little swag. I, I got some moves. No, nah, he kept it under fucking raps. And now all of a sudden, we're probably, I mean, by by Super Bowl Sunday, we might be we might have had a spoonful or two too many. We'll see when we
0: get there. The funny thing about Burrow is that uh, when he speaks, he's such a softly spoken guy. He's very he Comes in with this huge bravado of of a figure. He's got the coat and the shades and the gold chain. He's walking in just just swagadelic, right? <laughs> But when he speaks, he's so soft spoken and he's so eloquent with his words. And he it's like a different person. It's like there's the football player, Joe, and then there's like the person, Joe. And I got to tell you, man, I I love the combination because the football player, Joe, is a he's a baller.
1: That's who we love.
0: Then you guy that's you got Joe B and Joe B is just like he's a kid down the block, man. He's just out on the street, you know, playing stickball at night.
1: That's the dude you want. I'm telling you, that's that's the dude you want on your team. The swag dude. That's who you want. You want the high IQ. You want the player. Then there's moments in that game you can see he, when he's running for those first downs and shit. Like, he's he's putting his head down. He's making fucking place happen. You go like, oh, okay. This is the kid. This is this is the one we were all thinking about. Um, we'll save the rest of our Bengals yes. tangents for later next week. Um, but... One stat
0: that I heard that I thought was really cool. I'll just say it out. I'll regurgitate that. Uh, Only twice has a national champion won a a Super Bowl championship. That was Joe Namath and Joe Montana. Yep. Joe Burrow could become the third to do it and also be named Joe. So that spot is specifically made for guys named Joe. Joe Burrow could possibly be destined to be that guy.
1: He's uh, he's the guy. Bottom line, he's the guy. I want to – and then on the way out, if this guy fucks around, wins the Super Bowl, we're going to hear a full offseason of, well, I mean, he's got the same numbers as Mahomes. He won a Super Bowl in X amount of years. He beat Ooh. this guy. I mean, it's all of this shit is in play, which makes it very intriguing. And, I mean, listen, we, uh, we've been saying it on the show as well to pat ourselves on the back when – Cincinnati figured it out with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. We said these guys are going to be players. You got to put an offensive line around them. You got to protect them. But these guys are going to be players. But for them to be players, players, like they're on the fucking Super Bowl, it's fucking impressive. Um, Niners, Rams, Chess, we both picked. I think we, I, I know I picked the Niners. Uh, I picked, did you pick I picked the Niners as well? Oh, I did. We both, we both went all in. We were both feeling confident. I don't want to say cocky. We, Thought they'd find a way to figure it out. They damn near figured it out. This wasn't a tale of two halves to me, but again, we're doing a lot of quarterback stuff. Um, these, there's a quarterback in this game that made plays, and there's a quarterback in this game that did not make plays. If you ask me, uh, <laughs> this wasn't about running the ball here for the Rams. The Rams didn't have some eccentric 200 yards running the ball. Um, this was Stafford made the plays when he had to make the plays. Cup had that tremendous game. Odell Beckham. Here is our fourth, fifth, sixth consecutive week swallowing, eating that fucking uh, Odell Beckham crow to Kai. Kai might fuck around and be a Super Bowl MVP. And we are going to see so many. They don't make the Super Bowl unless Odell Beckham makes this team articles and ESPN hits in the next two weeks, Jess. Yeah. Um, we can talk about – I want to talk about Stafford first, and then we'll we'll, we'll kind of knock the Niners. Uh, first half, uh, first quarter, very dull, boring game, 0-0. Uh, second quarter kind of picked up a little
0: bit. Um,
1: give me some thoughts on this game, Jess.
0: Uh, the game never got to fast pace. It was like a slow... It
1: was an NFC West game.
0: It was an NFC West game. Thank you. That's I mean, every NFC West game ends up being basically like this. Like, they know each other. They play each other all the time. Uh, we've seen Stafford play really well. We've seen Stafford play not so well. And I think that our bet from last week's show was that we were thinking it was time to see, you know, old Matt Stafford show mm-hmm. up fuck around and lose this game to the, to the San Francisco 49ers. And and he almost did, okay? It's not like the game was a blowout. There was a matter of fact by all rights, San Francisco 49ers should be playing in LA. Yeah, it's tricky. Anywhere, okay? I mean, it's, you there, can, there was, you there can you can
1: focus a, on the one play Jess and I and I and I know the play you're talking
0: about. So that defense without is harping on Good. that play too much. We've no, seen a San Francisco 49er Bengals rematch from back in fucking 80, 89 89 we should be seeing that instead we're going to be seeing another california team versus the Bengals, but that play was the game changer we've seen this already throughout the playoffs whether it be a field goal a tackle a missed tackle a blown uh, defensive coverage whatever there's been one specific play that is basically just cost a team the next week and that interception to me dropped interception. That to the me was maker. the play. That was the play. So, uh, and, and I don't want to, I, I know that. So let me,
1: and let me, and let me say it like this. If you're listening to the show and you want to make the argument and I'm okay with it. So the Niners were up, I believe three at that moment. Yes. And there's about nine minutes left in the game. Okay. Stafford throws a deep ball. That was basically a fair catch ball that this defensive back probably makes nine out of 10 times. It's the fucking one time he doesn't make it for whatever reason. It was a terrible, bad throw by Stafford. And if the 49ers do end up with that possession and end up even getting 20 or 25 yards there, they're in a great field goal position there. And it's just the shift in the game. There's more time taken off the clock. Maybe the Niners run it down to five or six minutes. It just changes everything in the game. But not only that, the momentum changes. And in that quarter, the momentum was getting real weird. It was going back and forth. And again, I was tweeting about it. There were so many fucking Niner fans there that anytime the Niners were making a play, you could hear that crowd going apeshit because you can hear those Niner fans. Um, he drops that ball. The next fucking play, Stafford big dick swinging throws a fucking like a 13 yard uh to the sideline type throw to Cup. Um, and Cup catches it, gets the first down. I mean, it's just absolutely palsy. A game shifting play, Jess. And I agree with you. If they get an interception there and they score a touchdown now they're up 10 uh 5 6 minutes left in the fourth quarter it's probably a fucking ball game so the the you want to talk about the shift there i mean the rams lose that game that goes down to Stafford, Stafford was Stafford when the game mattered, and he throws the interception and it costs him the game. Now again, who knows what happens after that? Maybe he gets the ball back. Maybe they do score a touchdown. Who fucking knows? But you're right, Jess. That was an enormous drop, and every 49ers fans gonna look back at that. Trust me, I, I was fucking sleeping one next to one last night, and she was talking about it last night. They're all gonna remember that drop.
0: It it hurt him. The um, kid, the kid who dropped it. I mean, Jimmy.
1: I think Jimmy Ward was it, not Jimmy Ward. I
0: don't uh, think a uh, tart, uh, <laughs> yeah, tart. Yeah, because they kept calling him pop tart. Tart. Whatever. Yeah, they
1: uh, kept calling him pop tart. The
0: the poor guy, like hey, he feels it, man, and and I get it. You know what I mean? Like, dude, there's moments in your life when you've done something, then you're just like, fuck, man, that's 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 life changing, or that's week changing, that's day changing, whatever. That was his. That was his moment. That. yeah. In 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 pro sports, it is very few and far in between that you have a moment that is remembered forever. And that could have been his moment. That could have been the moment that he propelled the San Francisco 49ers into the Super Bowl. And, and uh, in one of his interviews, he said, I don't understand what happened. He goes, I've not dropped a pass all week yeah. until that play. That's just...
1: Credit to the kid for uh, going in front of the microphones right after the game because yep. he didn't have to do that. Uh, Credit to the kid uh, for saying, Hey, man, I'm not going to let this one play define my career. I-, I love when players say that, but what else are you supposed to say at that moment? Uh, ask any San Francisco 49er fan from now until September when they kick off again. That is going to be your fucking career-defining play, dude. Sorry.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> sorry. But but again, and him going out in front of that mic and speaking. This,
0: this poor kid's soul right here on the show. Buddy.
1: Shift, shift, game-shifting moment. The Rams go down, they score there, and the Niners really never recover. Now, there's a moment deep in this game, right before this, where uh, I believe the Rams went for it on fourth and two. Uh, they tried a quarterback sneak. Yep, that's, they that's, didn't get it. They didn't get it. There's short field there, and the Niners don't take advantage of it. So there's moments here where the Niners just didn't take advantage of for whatever reasoning. And a lot of that reasoning, it's going to fall back on Jimmy G end of the day here. Jess, Jimmy G has that ball with two minutes left and timeouts. And this is the definitive Jimmy G moment. Jess, if he goes down and scores a touchdown there, the guy's career changes. This is a career changing drive or you have that drive the drive that he had Ugh. and that drive that drive cost him money you know yeah. what i'm saying like that drive cost him a few million dollars
0: who who was the uh uh this is how bad this is who was the quarterback that won the super bowl with uh, the baltimore ravens Went- on, or oh. joey flacco flacco wacko flacco See, look that's how bad that this is where jimmy g is heading we were going to forget him now Wacko Flacco wins the Super Bowl. Gets a ginormous contract mm-hmm. out of that deal. Yep. This was Jimmy G. He lost it all. He's got nothing and we'll forget him.
1: Will he well, well, we won't forget, forget him but cuz
0: and we're gonna, we're going to talk about Jimmy G a little more. But
1: but Jess and I've done this the last three shows. So I want to put Jimmy G over in this moment. I said Week 18 after Week 18 on this podcast. Jimmy G had to make throws in that fucking two minutes, fourth quarter, and he did. I said during the Dallas game, after the Dallas game, Jimmy G had to make a few throws. He did. I said after the Green Bay game, man, he just didn't have to turn the ball over because the fucking special teams won that game. Uh, You know, and I I said it last week. uh, His receivers failed him in that game because they dropped big balls. Uh, But ultimately, special teams won that game against Green Bay. I'll go to my grave saying that. But this week, he fucking failed him. Bottom line, he failed him. I mean, that that last two possessions, and I understand that Rams line is in his fucking face the entire game. And he's got Von Miller breathing down his neck. And he's got the defensive player of the year breathing down his neck. He's got these guys coming and sandwiching him. I don't give a fuck. You got to make a play there. And you cannot make the play that he made, which was just a spin into a happy feet into I'm trying to get rid of this ball even though it's going to get me absolutely nowhere, and I should probably just throw it at the guy's fucking feet rather than throw it at his hands and hope he makes a play. Bounces off the fuck guy's hands, interception, ball game. Now, again, I'm not saying that the following play on fourth down, he makes a miracle play, but you got to give the team a chance to make the miracle play. That's now Now you're just sitting on this all offseason, and now you've given – Every San Francisco 49ers fan and every Jimmy G hater the ammo to go, see, I told you so. Look at what he just fucking did right here. Can't look at the last three weeks what he did to get them to that moment. You got to just look at, nah, he, fuck, he fucked him right there. And, it, and it's unfortunate and it'll be interesting to see what happens with Jimmy G next. So let me present this to you here, Jess. Sidebar. If you're the San Francisco 49ers... Got yeah, Trey Lance and the wings, right? You know if you're gonna start Trey Lance, there's a strong possibility, as we talked about when we did the preview to the season, that if you start Trey Lance, you're taking an L for a season. You're um you're committing to defeat for the year, you're chalking this year up as a learning year. Do you run Jimmy G with the expectation of we can still win now and we were a drive away from the Super Bowl? Or do you go? We we trade Jimmy G. We get maybe, a, I don't know, third round pick for him, maybe a fourth and a fifth, and uh, we run Trey. What do you do, Jess?
0: If I'm the GM, I'm restructuring Jimmy <laughs> G's contract and I'm keeping him around. Um, it's not so much that they were one drive away from the Super Bowl. It's not so much that Jimmy G play, has played uh, pretty good football uh, since the wild card round. Um, Week 18. It's here's the thing, man. The thing is that the quarterback class coming up is very weak. So no amount of draft picks is going to make you get a quarterback that's any more special than the next. Because I think that they're all – I mean until I see them on the but, field playing more yeah. I I feel like they're all in that mediocre to average range of quarterback. I don't but see Jeff, what I'm
1: saying though what better. I'm saying though Jess is you're t- you're trading Jimmy G you're taking nah. that t- Let me see, let me finish. Like I said you're taking you're taking that pick and you're investing in an offensive lineman. You're investing in another receiver. Nah.
0: You're investing in I a defensive like The offensive line. I like the offensive players that they have right now currently. I really do. I think that these guys are they're, they're a special group of guys. And we'll get to Debo in just a minute because I'm ready to go off for this guy, too. Debo for MVP. But here's my thing. you got to have stability at the quarterback position. Trey Lance is not ready. He wasn't ready when you drafted him that high. And he's not ready now. Keep Jimmy G around for at least another year. Sign him to a three-year deal. Make Make it easy money. Jimmy G sounds like he wants to stay there. You think
1: it's so the guy, the guy stuff. was crying at the end of the game last night. I think he'd take a hometown deal right now.
0: That's I cool think that day. he takes a hometown deal, especially after the way that he finished that game. He takes a three year deal for like I, I know, 35.
1: I, I think three, so I think two.
0: I, I think three. So I believe
1: they have the him for another years, year. I could be wrong. Like guess. I'm going to check right now. I believe they have him for another year. And then after that, he can walk. I believe they have him.
0: That's why I'm saying restructure the deal to a three-year total deal with the last year for him to have the option to to walk. Give Trey Lance the opportunity to sit and play when he can, practice a ton, and then get those reps, those much-needed reps under his belt because Trey Lance is not just a work in progress. He is a stone-cold piece of marble that has not yet even been being rounded out. This kid needs time on the field, but not game time. He needs practice. He needs film time. He Are you uh, field. You
1: know what, Jimmy G is getting paid next year. What? Twenty seven million for a quarterback. It's <laughs> not a lot.
0: Stupid money for a quarterback, though. That what was his deal originally? Was it was? Uh, yeah, when he well, like five years good. ago when
1: he signed it, it was they, they were sending out overpaid. Now
0: now it's a deal. No, 27, I mean, that's a deal. But that's still, uh, I mean, what, uh, Mahomes is making 50.
1: Yeah, like, that's my point. He's with, this is my point. So so to piggyback what you're saying, you got to look at it from the GM's perspective and go, well, we've got him for the cheap. No, so, you cut
0: it. You cut that down even more. You tell him, now is the time. Oh, you're saying restructure the fucking thing. You're the GM. Now is the time to go to Jimmy G and say, hey, we – believe that you are going to be our starter for the next one to two years there won't be quarterback controversy if you get hurt lance plays if you're sick you got family emergency trade play uh, lance plays if you are alive and breathing and kicking you are starting for our football team but you are taking a deal we're restructuring the contract 30 years he gets somewhere around the 19 and a half million dollar deal a year he signs that deal, you stick him on the field, you still let allow him to make the plays that he can and allow Shanahan to continue working his playbook towards a more Jimmy G friendly playbook in in the wings, waiting in the wings for Trey Lance to come when you he can open that playbook back up a little bit.
1: I love this. So I I I'm torn and I, I, mean, I spent a lot of time talking to a few different people about this today, including Niner fans. Um and they're kind of 50 50 chess, which makes it unique um i think that if this team supports jimmy g and you had a a fucking outgoing circle of support for jimmy g this week and people going nah we love him and now nah, we want to keep him and now nah, how dare people attack this fucking guy so i i don't know man i I think you gotta keep them, like you said, but I, I mean fuck for how long, man. For fucking I don't know, man. It's Two tricky. Years. I think he, I think you, one more year. Lance, I think honestly, man, I think one more year. I think, I think you one, go more, one year more year
0: is probably all he'll get, but you restructure the contract with ways to kick him out after this next year. But you try to make him understand you won't be getting twenty seven million a year. You'll be getting like nineteen and a half, but you will still be the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. This is so tricky, um. God, I,
1: we spent a lot of time talking nine uh, Jimmy G Niners. Um, did we do it? Is that is should Real we do quick. some Ram stuff? Any My, Ram
0: stuff? Anything? So the OBG, the OBJ stuff, fantastic yes. story stuff. You can see that he's actually happy. He's having a good time playing football again, and that's always great to see when a player is is elated to be on the field playing the game that he grew up as a child playing and loved as a child. And now he loves it again as an adult because playing for the Giants towards the end, uh, he didn't have fun. Playing uh, everywhere else he's played since, he's not had fun. His last little stint in Cleveland was nothing even close to fun. And watching him uh, hug his mom at the end of the game and just cry and just have that kind of – that, that emotional outlet being like, look, this is where I'm at now compared to the last couple of years, and I'm going to the damn Super Bowl where I always thought I, I belonged in the first place. I think it's fantastic to see, but on the other side of the field, you have a wide receiver who is going to be in that elite group along with guys like Jamar Chase and the Justin Jeffersons and the so on and so forth uh, in the wide receiver world. And that's Debo Samuel's. Debo Samuel's can do everything on the field, including throw the football. And this kid, he was a mess on the sideline and stuff like that, that tears at my heartstrings. I look, man, like we all like. That's you, same, man. We guys, uh, we we guys, especially we like to play that macho guy, that tough guy. Look, man, it's heartbreaking to see a kid. He's a kid, literally. He's a young man. And he's playing in the biggest game of his entire young life, and he just lost in a heartbreak-type fashion. And he's just over there a mess. And it just really captures the moment. On one side of the field, man, you have the winners, and the other side you have the losers. And the best part about this story was OBJ crossing the entire field and going and actually sitting with Debo and just holding him and letting him know, hey, brother, you're going to be here again. You're gonna get chances at this again. This isn't the last time. This isn't your last stop. You have a lot more football to play. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. That was dope. That that part was dope. I uh I so we
1: can do way too early Super Bowl predictions because I I'm I'm probably going to flip my pick, but right now my way too early prediction, and it's just because I I want to see them win is Cincinnati. But I don't know how – I mean, like, I have no confidence in that pick as of right now, and it'll probably change. I I, I have to really size them up, and I feel like the Bengals have just – they just keep beating teams that they're not supposed to, as opposed to the Rams. And I don't want to say they had an, an easy route here. I just feel like their route was a little bit easier. So I, I, I'm i leaning Cincinnati right now. Do they beat a murderer. I mean, if you want to say the Raiders run okay, but they beat the number one seed Tennessee Titans at home. They beat Kansas City at home. They're going to LA. They're gonna be Nobody Believes in Us. Uh, I'm, 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 I think I like the Bengals just. But I but it but it can change. It it could change in between now it's going and on. when we record <laughs> next week's show. Right now, the line right now is uh is a
0: four. Rams Rams by 4. Rams by 4. Yeah. Uh, so Son of a bitch. my my way too early pick is the Los Angeles Rams. Wow. I just think that they've been groomed this entire from the last from this past off season through this entire year the pickups that they've made uh, going out grabbing Von Miller Dropping 1,500 points for Matthew Stafford. They went all in. They went all in. And when you go all in and you finally made it to this point, you can say, look, this is this is why we did it. A lot of teams have attempted to go all in, and they've failed. And The
1: gamble rec- doesn't always pay off.
0: No, it does not. But for the Los Angeles Rams, it has paid off. They are in the Super Bowl one way or the other, whether it was ugly or not. And that game was not pretty. It was, not no. your, it was not your Matthew Stafford throws for 347 and three touchdowns. And, you know, Cam Akers picks up 129 on the ground. Donald, you know, Aaron Donald's got three sacks. It was an ugly, hard-fought, gritty game. It and was it, what we said it would be. So my pick right now, off the cuff, Los Angeles Rams, and I would take the points. That's it, folks. A lot of football. I think that we even went a little heavier on MMA stuff and combat sports. And I hope that you guys in a – hashtag MMA Twitter appreciate that um, yes
1: please we went we really do hope we do.
0: football stuff we'll be back for us actual Super Bowl show yep where uh next Monday we'll do our legitimate pick and then we'll talk a little bit more about the teams and where they're at next week in hopes that no COVID crap pops up and we lose like half the squad and then they have to cancel the Super Bowl and then all of our lives are miserable from there on Let's pray that that doesn't happen. But until oh, then, folks, enjoy the rest of the week. Drink a fucking bang and get hyped. And uh, please uh, go to Twitter and follow Jay. Yes. At Valdez Spell Backwards, 559. Five follow myself at JTT81 and the pod at TeamToss 21. And go back to Anchor, Spotify, Apple iTunes, or Apple, Apple uh, Podcasts is where our podcast has been listened to the most. So I'm guessing it's the easiest way to find this please go there and listen. You can also rate and leave comments and all that other stuff until then. We're out.
1: Peace.